This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. the podcast where we delve into those difficult moments with some well-known guests. I'm Giles Poe Phillips, and with me on this crusade of goodness mm. is Jim Daly. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Good, I'm not too bad, thank you. Yeah, very good. It's, mm. quite, it's, it's uh, snowing today. Yeah, you said that, because wasn't, uh, there wasn't any snow down in um, East Sussex. A lot of snow in, uh, in Amersham. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, yeah, very snowy. Very That's wintry. Weird, isn't it? Because the weather's just been so... We've had... It has been relentless rain since Christmas, hasn't it? Really? Yeah, it's not been great. Storms. But weird, I got on the train and at Amersham, next stop in Chalfont, it wasn't snowing. So no. maybe it was just over, just over Amersham. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was proper snowy. Uh, but we've come to central London and um, it's not at all. It's, uh, it's very nice. No, well, it's, no, it's not nice. <laughs> it's just cold and wet. I, I don't know about you, but I'm not much of a snow fan, I have to say. Uh, I, d- I like it when it's... Um, Really nice and thick, but I don't like the in-between rainy. The slushy snow. stuff. Yeah, it's crap. No, it's it? crap, isn't it? No. no I don't anyway, think anyone likes that. You know, speaking of slushy stuff, yeah. that pod doesn't do this. We do real moments. And we do. this week, we've got a guest that's brought us so many real moments. Yes, I agree. You like that link? That's what it worked, didn't it? It is very good. Yeah, yeah we have, yes. Layla Annan Lee, who is a very well-known uh, sports broadcaster. She works on MMA with um, uh, Cage Warriors. And also has done some hugely high-profile sports interviews yep. with some of the biggest footballers in the world. I mean, the biggest footballers in the world. We're talking like Lionel Messi and Neymar. Neymar. Yeah. Um, Ronaldo as well, I think. I mean, yeah, she's done it. And also hosted the FIFA Sports Awards and with Idris Elba. And, and there's a very that. good story coming yeah. up later on with that. It's a great interview. And um, But yeah. before we dive into that, I'm going to read you one of our lovely tweets that we've got this week. Like uh, that. Yeah, we've got one here from Phil Steer. It says, a brilliant episode of the always, always excellent 
blank podcast. Lovely. Interesting, entertaining, thought-provoking, wise and inspiring. Feel I need to listen again straight away to take a proper note of what Alistair said. And it's all about last week's episode with Alistair Humphrey, um, which is was a great episode, I have to say. It was brilliant to talk to Thank Alistair. you very much for that tweet. And I've got one here from Beth Ann Mortimer, who says, mm. been listening to the first Blank Pod episodes on my commute through Snowdonia. Oh, wow. lovely, lovely part of the world. Um, I'm halfway through Michael Rosen's. Wow, that's one from uh, mm. right back at the start. And I think it's going to be my new favourite. So funny and interesting. Thanks, Beth Ann. Yeah, lovely. yeah, some brilliant tweets. And keep the tweets coming. We like to read out your tweets. And so, yeah, please do. If you want your tweet read out, send us a tweet. Our Twitter handle is at Blank Pod. It is. Yeah, we thought we did this at the beginning of the pod, because yeah. I don't know if anyone never listens to the end. <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, let's delve into this week's episode. Uh, it's the wonderful Layla Annalee on the Blank Podcast. Are we going to try these donuts? Yes. yes. So, okay. Yeah. We should start the pod by saying that we have an array of donuts in front of us, very kindly donated by our guest today. I Who is Layla Annalee? Hello. Hello. You're the first guest to have ever brought um, treats to the pod. That shocks me. I know. It is I shocking. don't go anywhere without food. I don't know how <laughs> you've done what 55 podcasts know, yeah. and no one's brought food. Why You're getting the wrong guests. It? Yeah, we, yeah, we are. <laughs> I would book it around who could bring me food. Yeah, agreed. Future guests now need have to. Have you raised people bar? where they bought get food though? Yes. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> Brazilians, right? Right. Do they like eating? Brazilians uh. love food. So what's, yeah. the, what's the normal um, thing they bring what then? What do I get brought? Cookies, okay. biscuits. I tend to bring food, so then I don't... I'm okay. trying to think who else. Someone's on their birthday brought a cake. That makes sense because it's their birthday. Um, we have... Oh, at Cage Warriors, we have like people who bring us food as like fans. And oh, I'm really? always umming and ahhing about whether or not we should eat that. Right, or when you get posted food from fans. What kind of yeah. food? Though? Same sort of thing. Like oh, no, he got... looks at me like clearly Jim gets posted food yeah. all the time. From and you're fans. like, no, 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 no. literally never once. <laughs> but what kind yeah, of I food? Yeah, so, like homemade things. You yeah, mean? I think also because I'm vegan, people like who like to cook find that interesting, and uh, yeah. they can be more creative or different yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, oh, I made a vegan flapjack. Can I post it to you? <laughs> posting <laughs> food. See, the food posting thing, I don't. I'm not sure. Well, about. having said that, we but we we do HelloFresh and all and all that stuff. That's amazing. And that's amazing. A company, not a random. No, I'm not, that's not, I'm not. I'm not saying that counts as fan food. Oh yeah, this person called HelloFresh sent me. They love me. They just yeah, keep sending yeah, me food. Yeah. I mean, yes, I pay for I it. But you still, were saying you're sponsored by HelloFresh for a no, second. But no. if they do want to sponsor the podcast, yeah. <laughs> There's so many debates to have. Firstly, do I want to give them my address? No. So you kind of give an agent yeah, or a, yeah. you know, yeah. someone nearby as a mate. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes, do I eat this? Am I worried about it? Or do it? you get your agent to eat it first? Because someone an intermediary to eat it first. And then to if they the... keel over, don't eat it. Yeah. But you have to, they have to video themselves eating it because it could be any old. Well, you could be... There was a king, right? Was it Henry V who made someone eat stuff for him in case he got poisoned? There was a I king. I think that was quite this. a normal thing for I think that's probably kings. quite a good idea in general. So having a taster. A taster? I need one. You know you've made it. Yeah, kids. Um, can you just eat this? Sorry, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I should ask that yeah. now because I'm foul mouthed. No, it's fine. Foul mouthed okay, is fine. <laughs> this is an explicit podcast. Unless I'm being paid a lot enough to not swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turns out it's coming up. Well, shall we try these donuts? Yeah, I think we should. Now, you and I, Leila, have already tried the rhubarb one. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, you've had you've no, had a piece yeah. as well. Yep. Temptation didn't so you, really last. No. You cut them into fours. I noticed. I did because so I wanted to taste all of them. I know, but there's only three of us, so someone's going to get lucky. So we tried raspberry and rhubarb, and I loved that. I gave it, it an was 8 good. out of 10. 8 you? out of 10 is high score. So I, I thought it was good. I'm uh, going to go 7, I think. 7? I think I'll go 9. 9? But I'm a big raspberry fan, nice. and, it, and it was overwhelmingly raspberry. I'm what? wondering whether we should have hedged our bets with the 
scoring and actually eating them all first, then scored them. Oh, yeah, we may have gone too high. Because and early doors. Comparatively. I'll give mm. you the benefit of the doubt. You can okay. change your score. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> but Thank, stick with it for, for now. <laughs> I'm allowing you that. Okay. Shall we try lime and coconut? I think we should. Yeah. We're all saving the double chocolate for last. Lime and coconut. Oh, I've got the biggest bit. These are all vegan donuts from Crosstown Donuts, which is yeah. like just nearby. Now, Crosstown Donuts, are they a, an independent donut supplier? I have or no idea. Are they a part oh, that's really good. So Jim's gone in mm. the first bite, he's saying it's really good. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to be honest. And this tastes like my shampoo. <laughs> what? You have donut flavored shampoo. That's coconut. Which lime? It might be the coconut and lime. Like This is an odd mix. Oh, I'm into it. I like that a lot. I might even score that higher than a raspberry. Wow. 9.5. I like this. I like this. It's a sort of key lamb pie kind yeah. of donut. That's the vibe I'm getting. Nah, bro. Are you not a key lamb pie? Into it. Li- do you like lime? I do. In water. Or a mm. salad. Um, <laughs> not the donut. donut itself is so moist and lovely that I'm finishing it, but the flavour is not my cup of tea. I'm going to give it okay. two out of ten. Okay. Two out of ten. Low, bro. That's really <laughs> that is low, bro. <laughs> um, two. Uh huh. Oh no, I'll give it. More if it was than just that. a coconut, a coconut and chocolate or something, right? I'm going to be that person that scores every donut the same. You got eight again. No, I said seven. Seven. Oh. Quite refreshing that one. Keep in mind. I mean, I don't know if a donut's supposed to be refreshing because um, obviously it's just. I feel um, like this bit of the pod could go either way. People are either going to love this or just skip the. They're skip all mouth watering now. Ordering on cross they're just hitting that forward fifteen seconds button. Go, yeah. go, go. I think we should dive into the next one, which is double chocolate. Yeah, okay. go for it. Keep in mind that there's going to be one piece of each oh, left, and we can know. fight yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. So I think we have to. Well, I think it's obvious. Who, I think it's obvious who's getting the lime. Thank you. Yeah, not me. I've cut these quite large. Okay. So this is like covered in oh, chocolate. Yeah. I mean, it's got is, chocolate in it. There's, that's just the, the kind of... There's more chocolate than there is donut. Mm. This is exactly what you expect. Very rich. Yeah. Oh, my um, Lord. Like, really rich. I don't know if I could eat a whole one. Really? I could eat a whole one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a situation. Yeah, I, I'm... Yeah. yeah. I'm, I might, this might be my behaviour. But this no, is, I'm a bit of a chocolate. This habit. is almost a cake. It's yeah. a cake, yeah. yeah. This is a cake. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what it is. Okay. And that's probably the reason I'm going to need a couple of minutes. I think I'm going to score that quite average, probably a seven. Six six and a half. Yeah, it's okay. Why? What's your problem with the fucking double chocolate donut? (laughs) Because it it didn't surprise me. It was like. You want a surprise. You want that bit of lime in the coconut. I like that little bit of. Well, you're going to say quite. I think I'm going to go for that, yeah. It's an eight for me. (laughs) (laughs) Massive. I need a lap. That's an eight out of ten for me, the chocolate one. Wow. So yeah. What did I give the what did I give the raspberry? Eight. I think I'm gonna give this seven. Okay. Like it's it's heaven. Yeah. But like you said about being surprised by flavours, rhubarb and raspberry was such a journey yeah. in my mouth. It was, it was, yeah. And then I'm gonna and it's got, go it looks like it's got some poppy seeds in it or something. Is, Has it, is it the drugs? <laughs> What the hell? That's yeah, why just, it's, it's so just, good. Yeah, it's, it's just... That's just... There's a white powder <laughs> lining the back of it. There. That, explains um, a lot. that explains a lot. Yeah. Well, there we go. I think the winner has got to be the raspberry one. Then. <sighs> for, like, for me... Oh, overall, probably raspberry. Yeah, I'm just thinking yeah. game scores. Anyway, that was yeah. fascinating. We're all winners. Uh, we just uh, had three no, no, we're, the, we're the real winners. <laughs> we're the winners. <laughs> so I'm going to have the chocolate one. I think we'll save them to the end, shall we? Should we go back to the real world? Yeah, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't want to. So... Hi. <laughs> Let me clean the donut out. Yeah, so I'm going to have to have a palate clean. Or <laughs> I some have sort. chocolate all around my mouth. This is, I, I will say this is the best start to any pod we've done. 
Hands, hands down. down, yeah. I think you it is, wait yeah. till the end. Like you say, for, for, <laughs> the lis- for the listeners, maybe not. But anyway, Layla, welcome yes. to the Blank Podcast. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm really happy. I've just had three donuts. <laughs> we are all the sugar, sugar high. Sugar. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Surging around our bodies. I am sugar. good to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, how's it been? How have you been? Really what have you been good. up to? I'm amazing. I'm really good. I'm always good. I'm one of those people that sort of rides on gratefulness and positivity, so things, shit's always great. Um, I got that from the minute you walked in, actually. You've got, oh, really? you've got a very positive sort of vibe about you. <laughs> I'm pleased. But is that intentional? Oh, what do you mean? Like, uh, you just got a nice aura about you, a nice positive positivity. Oh, okay. Is that something you put out, or I is that just you? you Influenced can... by donut. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I don't think you can fabricate it too much. I don't know. Um... That's a really good question. Is that intentional? Yes, actually, yeah. I work hard at being happy. Yeah. I work hard at making sure shit's good. Um, but equally, even when shit's bad, I'm, I'm a pretty positive thinking person. Yeah. So shit's never really bad. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Dude, I've definitely sworn about 15 times it's the fine. first 10 Just minutes. No, it's fine. Honestly, it's fine. Absolutely fine. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, that's interesting because that actually comes up a lot on the pod. A lot, doesn't it? Sort of dealing with... Because I think we all want to be positive people. We all want to be positive. That's mm. ideal. But when things aren't so good... Well, it's like cup half full, cup half empty syndrome. Like, I naturally, I think from birth, I'm from my family. My family are Brazilian, by the way. So we all want to have a f- party for anything, yeah. right? We're, everything's always amazing. Um, so I've always had cup half full. Yeah. Even if I'm not working on it, cup's half full. Cup's overflowing when I work hard on it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that's how, yeah, I do work hard on my mental health. I always focus on it because I know it's important. Um... And I've actually recently, I recently just spent three days in a barn in the middle of nowhere with two former Royal Marine commandos, studying mental fitness with them, learning from them. You'll understand authors and stuff. One of them's yeah, just yeah. written a book called Commander Mindset. Yeah. And so we're creating a podcast around the book, but also from a selfish personal journey, um, wanting to learn more because yeah, I yeah, find yeah. them inspiring. And, yeah. you know, these are people who've gotten through. You know, it, ah, I didn't. Even, you know, you can imagine what ro- former Royal Marines have been through, right? Yeah. And they tell the stories that are pretty brutal, um, and how you get over killing someone. You know, how you get, get over killing multiple people. How you get over seeing your, you know, best friends blown up by an IED. Wow. How you get over hearing their screams. How you work on that. Um, and for me, where my adversity is nowhere near <laughs> yeah. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. practicing those techniques. Is gonna work, right? It's, it's gonna work. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting, and they both have they both debate their techniques. They don't have the same thing, and the whole podcast as a whole comes to like taking things with a pinch of salt. You know, like the secret people either love it or hate it, and I'm like, you could just take the good from it. Like everything is with a pinch of salt. How can you not find one good thing? Do you mean the secret as in the that book? That book. Have yeah. you heard the audio version of it? No. Oh, it's so funny. Is it? Yeah, it's, you've got to download it. My, my wife did a bit of stand up on it. It's so good. Oh it my literally God. It starts with someone going, This is the secret, the secret, the secret. Oh, the secret. No. oh no, it's really? Oh, it's so good. But is it someone just going, The secret? Yeah, literally, yeah, it's so bad. It's not and like and an there's echo like voiceovers. <laughs> and it's like, um, <laughs> yo, you, you might think, I don't want to get that cold. You do want to get that cold. Why? There's a guy going, I want that cold. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's so good. Well, it's like the movies. The, the movie of The Secret was very 60s, 70s based and all very right. old fashioned. There's a movie. I, really? I like it. I've not seen that. Yeah, I like it. it. But it's very, yeah, it's very old fashioned talking head star vibe. With yeah, people. yeah, yeah. That's, that's the same vibe oh. with the, uh, the audiobook as well. Yeah. I didn't know there was a movie. <laughs> There's a movie, dude. Oh, my God. Get it. I need to see this movie. Yeah. Secret, the secret, it sounds like the sort of thing you would find on the Hallmark Channel or something like that. 100%. I'm going to get to the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, 
So where was this barn? Were you in, in the middle? Surrey, like so literally, literally in the middle, middle of nowhere. Yeah, middle of nowhere. We got stressed because we couldn't get food. So a bit um, cabin fever. Did you get cabin fever at all? Do you know what? No, because it was very cathartic. It's mm. like a massive detox. Yeah. And we talked about loads and just got stuff out. And it was more kind of like, if we work on ourselves, hopefully someone can pick something up. Mm. And with three of us, there's there's like, it, there's three different translations of things. And sometimes I find, like I'm a fan of Gary Vee and Steve Bartlett and all these wonderful inspirational speakers. And then the more I listen to them, the more I realize, oh, I kind of need to hear something maybe three to four times before it clicks, right? Oh, me too. I'm totally like Yeah, that. and with these two guys, because you're hearing it in three different ways, sometimes it finally clicks with you in a way that, in your language. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so I needed some stuff to be in my language for it to make a change in me. Even though you sit back and you go, yeah, we've been taught that since we were a kid. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to hit your head against that wall mm-hmm. or someone needs to say it in a way that really rings true. And then, yeah, change is made. So. I think you have to you have to be open to change as well, because I find sometimes if I'm having like a bad time or work's not working out or whatever, I'm just not in the right mindset or sort of brain space to even try and think positively or yeah. try and change anything. I'm just a bit like, oh fuck it, nothing's gonna work. We need to be open to that all the time, every day. Do you know what I mean? We should never have a closed mindset. It's just it's t- it's, it's it's tiring. Of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. It's exhausting. Yeah. Life is like growth is exhausting. Yeah. Um, but shouldn't we go to bed tired every day? Yeah, well, I'm on my phone a lot at night, so I hope that doesn't... Oh, that's a fucker. Oh, man. That's a fucker. I, I struggle with that a lot. I'm quite addicted to my phone. Yeah. Um, from a business point of view, I'm paranoid. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what's, you know, if you post something, or someone going to hate it? Are they going to say something? Is it going to be bad? Yeah. Or more so, when someone posts the clips that I'm on, like work that I do, I'm like, what's the, what's the response? Because nine times, not nine times out of ten, actually, I'm saying that really badly because I get a lot of positive and I'm very grateful. But equally, you know women in sport get a heck of a lot of shit yeah so i'm often like um i just kind of go into looking at these comments or seeing the reaction of something with my guard up like i'm ready for someone to say something because of course if i interview a footballer it must be because i slept with them can't possibly be anything to do with my career or my job or 10 years experience no 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 it's because you can only interview footballers if you sleep with them right that's how it works so um that's why i can never get any interviews with them i know right mate (laughs) <laughs> Same for you, Jim, isn't it? <laughs> sure, the only reason I've got them. For people listening who don't understand, that's pure sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, please, that was I a am, joke. Yeah, that's, that's, that's me taking the right piss. Yeah. But, you know, so I no, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. get sort of tense. So something drops and I'm like, oh, that, you know, someone will send me a text. The clip's gone out. And I'm like, oh, good. How's that going to go down? So, you know, I'm sometimes on my socials. Has that got any paranoia. better? Or you still get that? Oh, yeah. No, nah, I still get that pretty, pretty full on. Do you know what gets better? Sometimes mm. people defend you now. Right. Sometimes people go, that's super sexist, or, oh, don't talk to her like that, or now, hashtag be kind. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I think that's really interesting. Mm. Um, but what's frustrating about those kind of hashtags and stuff is it takes something horrible, like yeah. the Caroline Black news recently, for that, for that campaign then to happen. Why is that not a thing all well, the time? As I've been using that hashtag for about yeah, three you, years now. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 yeah, and it's, it's, um, it's been mean, incredible that it has sort of taken off in the last... The but argument, like you say, it's normally for, for a very bad thing that's happened. The argument of telling humans to be nicer to each other and love thy neighbour has been going on for fucking ever. Yeah, true. That argument's been going on Yeah, I'm not from. saying I, I invented the It's just the, the space has changed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. space has changed. And now we've got this new space that we populate. We were talking about this yeah, just before yeah. we went live. You know, people shitting on social media. I'm like, it's only what we put in it. Social yeah. media is nothing. It's empty. You choose what you put on it. Yeah. So be responsible for what you put on it. Yeah. And if you're putting out hate... That's you. It's a mirror. Mm. 
Totally. But it's, I mean, it's difficult to, you can't switch it off because you'll get that whatever. Well, here we go. You can. You can switch it off. You can delete your Twitter. Yeah, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I meant you can't switch off the, the trolling and the hate, but I guess you can if you can. Yeah, I to guess an you extent, can. you know, you can't stop someone in the street just shouting something randomly, um, but you can literally close it. And if you're struggling too much, do that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Now, there's an element where it comes to business, and this is where I find it frustrating. Like, I feel a little trapped because it's part of my job. Yeah. It is literally my job, and I earn through it. So it's really important that yeah. I keep it on. But when I struggle and I'm really low, and then I hear people who aren't, it isn't part of their job at all, struggling. And I'm like, dude, I would have switched it off long ago mm, if yeah. it was my job. What are you doing? Yeah. So if you have that benefit, and it is an opportunity, that freedom to switch it off, and it's giving you shit, Switch the phone, like switch it off. Get it on, delete it off your phone, get off it. There is no fear of missing out. Fear of missing out on what? Being bullied? Like crazy. So if you have that freedom, like me from someone who feels ele- an element of trap for it, and I could delete it if I want to, but I'll be honest, I will lose money yeah. if I shut down my social media. Yeah. If that's not something for you, switch the thing off, man. You don't need to be on it. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just, I mean, it's it's just frustrating though, isn't it? And we've said this before on the pod that like humans built social media and the internet and this thing and then humans have ruined it at the same time. I mean, it's in and the it, name. It's so, social yeah, media. It should be this wonderful yeah. thing that connects us <laughs> and it can do. And, and yet, it does. It, it, does. Does. it, it does. does. It does. And I would still argue that, you know, the majority of what the internet and social media does for us is incredible. Um, but the hard things hurt, you know, but that's school, that's, mm. you know, that's almost everywhere in life. It's, it's humans. It's actually just a real reflection of humans. I kind of remember it's like big brother. I, I think if you remember Jade Goody, a lot of people used to slug her off, obviously separate to the scandal that she had, but a lot of people, um, used to slug her off just because of her lack of education and mm. ignorance and her behaviors. And, um, and equally she was a p- very clear representation of state school kids at that time from that area, right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, social media is a representation of humans right now. Yeah. And it's a problem. Like, yeah. not the social media. We are. We are a problem. Yeah. Mm. We are, we are the, 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 the cause, the effect, the beauty, <laughs> and the bad stuff. Exactly. We're everything. And we love to pass blame. And I think that's the biggest issue. Quit passing blame. Take extreme responsibility. It's not Google's thing. It's not Instagram's thing. It's not Facebook's thing. It's us. Yeah, there are tools at the end of the day. Well, I think that's a really interesting point for life in general. Taking the responsibility responsibility. and not passing blame for Mm -hmm. like... I'm not talking about traumas and stuff like that, but, you know, for for work, for example, I find myself blaming, oh, I didn't get this job, I didn't get that job, or this person, you know, whatever. Actually, anything good that happens is down to me. Anything bad that happens is pretty much down to me. And They talk about, like, three circles... And, like, the smaller circle in the middle is, like, what's in your control. Then you've got things in your influence, and then you have things out of your control. If it's out of your control, there's zero time wasting, you know, worrying about it. And if it's in your influence, then, you know, there's an element that you can worry about it, but not too much. And if it's in your control, it's just you, bro, like, to focus on you. And I think extreme responsibility, I feel really good when I practice that, and I'm pretty... I'm pretty good at doing that all the time now. I blame myself for a lot. Um, and the reason I do that is because it's empowering. Because if it's not my fault... That, that wasn't my fault. And that's half-time. <laughs> that bit, yeah, that bit wasn't my fault. But you know, if it's not my fault, I can do nothing about it. And I have no power over it. I can't change it. I can't do anything. But if I can claim something to have an element of my responsibility or my influence, then I can change it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's empowering, really, being you know extremely responsible for what happens around you. It's just difficult when you feel like you don't have that power, I think. Give when yourself I, that power. I, I find that difficult. Blame yourself for something that you would normally not. 
Does that um, make sense? This cup of tea wasn't quite warm enough. Okay, so why not? Nah, it was fine, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because well, we can discuss the well, cup you, you bought. Well, because you we took too long to drink it, maybe. you could have done, right? You I could have drunk, drunk it quicker. And it wouldn't have been cold. I could yeah, have drunk it at go. the optimum time. So you time. could have taken the incentive and yeah. drunk it quicker. But you know what I mean? The example yeah, yeah. is that if, if you believe there's absolutely nothing at all, not one little iota of difference you could have made, then you can't kick yourself for it. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure almost everything in life you can find an iota of something you could do. Well, and then when you, if you do that, you sort of you uh, bring that control back a bit, that, that power a little bit. I believe so. Which, which I think actually directly will influence your mental health and your confidence because you feel like I have it. I can control this a little bit more. Yeah, I can mm. do. I can do something yeah. rather than feeling just kind of like powerless and just sort of floating along. Yeah, it sits with kind of allowing yourself to kick yourself a bit. Like I believe it's. It's okay to like, right, I fucked up, kick myself. I give myself 24 hours to feel like crap and to tell myself that was stupid. And I think you shouldn't brush past that either. When you do something stupid, punish yourself a bit. You like let your brain do that for a couple of hours, maybe 24 hours a day of just being like, I'm an idiot. And then the next day, you know what you're going to do to change that. You know, you're never going to do that behavior again and let it go. Move on. You can't not kick yourself either because then you're not going to learn that lesson and change, Mm -hmm. right? Well, it has to have an element. And you have to, there has to be a takeaway. Yeah, you can't kick yourself for three weeks. Yeah. Like, the, well, that's and then, not do, and then do the same thing a month later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there has to be a thing where you go, okay, cool. I did. I recognize I did that. I'm going to do it differently next time. Yeah. Or whatever. You have to feel bad enough to change it. Yeah. And then move on. In theory. Yeah. <laughs> and then just do the same thing next time. <laughs> <laughs> Classic JD. <laughs> but that's not true, though, is it, Jim? Because you have, you, I think you are building some resiliences. Yeah, it's weird, actually. I did, so I did, um, a friend of mine is a life coach. She does a bit of life coaching, and she helped me and my wife last year just to sort of initial kind of lessons and also uh, coaching bits. And one of them was talk to your friends, your closest friends, and get them to say, just describe you. So Ooh. I, so yeah, so I, I went to my three groomsmen from my wedding. Shout out to Andy, Rob, and Callum, and um, they don't listen. And um, got them to say like, what are my good points? Why? To see how other people talk about you. Why? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> but the point was, what came back was... The, well, the, to, I guess it, it will be a contrast to what you... Yeah, Possibly. exactly. Contrast to what you think about yourself. Because I would argue Possibly. we shouldn't give a fuck what anyone else thinks about us. Yeah. It I, depends yeah. where your headspace was at. And, you know, maybe it, you needed to hear from other people that, you know, you're not looking at yourself in, the, in a... Fair way. Yeah, you're not being possibly. Well, the thing, the thing that came back was they all said different stuff, and then but the one word they all used was resilient. So, uh, so I was like, oh, cool. So I must actually be heading in the right direction. I am resilient. I must be resilient mm. because three people think I am. So that and that actually that actually really made me look at things a bit differently. Do you believe you're resilient? I do now. See, that's more important. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it worked. I think it worked. I think it worked. Yeah. yeah. Was it also just nice forcing Don't my friends you. to say nice things about me? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we all want that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. That's why we go on social media. We want some likes and some follows. Yeah, affirmation. Like, we yeah. look for it. And I think yeah. that's... I Maybe because of the role that I'm in, I... Oh, God, I just shouldn't say this because we, we're meant to care, but I give very little fucks about what other people think about me, and which is why the positive and the negative yeah. don't really affect me. Um, it's nice to see that a product that I've made done, has done well, like a show or a clip or any of these things that we make. It's nice to see that that's had a good um, reaction, 
good reaction doesn't necessarily mean good, good, no. you, know, you know, good comments. It sometimes means engagement. Yeah, you know? yeah. Let's be honest. Uh, sometimes I get these, um, I do these interviews and then just the whole thing is just absolutely slagging me off to the background. And then I hear the PR company or the company behind it go, amazing engagement. Uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, Had so yeah. many comments. It's great. was incredible. Yeah, like, did yeah. you read any of that shit? No, yeah. like, it doesn't matter. Everyone hated yeah. it, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And you know what? You start a conversation. So there you go. So it's interesting. Um, I remember years ago, I did a kids show for ITV. And when they had their You did a cookery show, didn't you? It was it. Yeah, the Munchbox. It was so fun. Nine kids, the celebrity chef. I mean, it was mental because nine kids on a live show. Who was the celebrity chef? Because I I don't It would change every week. Okay. Yeah, it would change every week. Amazing. So, and they would teach a dish and the kids would have to recreate it from memory. And we had these three cooking competitions and it was brilliant, mostly because kids are mental. Yeah. And also, because it was was filmed as live. We couldn't film it live because kids like cut their finger off and (laughs) burn themselves on oven. Did that happen? Oh, all the time. Really? Show. And Seven also, limbs. Yeah, these kids are like, oh, I think they were like nine. I think it was nine and up. Okay. But like nine's young to be in a kitchen on yeah, a TV yeah. show. Oh, God, yeah. And also because the lights of the studio, food doesn't behave in a TV studio the same Having way. Having made pancakes this week with a 10 and a 12 year old, right? it's a hazardous place. It's hazardous. It is. And we're like live under competition regulation. Yeah. So when a kid cuts themselves or burns themselves or any issue, obviously immediate freeze on the show, take them to take yeah. care of them. And you say, stop, everyone stop, lights go off, bang. And the kid's like, no, I'm carrying on. And there's blood <laughs> all over the spaghetti. And yeah. you're like, no. And it's just, they're hardcore, man. I mm. loved it. But yeah, you had to be like step off that. You're bleeding all over your friends. <laughs> um, but it was cool. I really enjoyed it. But my point was, I remember when they got their first official complaint by letter to Ofcom. Mm. And the producer was over the fucking moon. She's like, brilliant. No that's what we People want. People watching. That's, yeah, that's what we want. It starts what the conversation. Was the Can you remember what the complaint was? It was something minor. I think it was because we took a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, we have three kids in each comp, and if you lose a comp, you lose a, fr- a child from the group for the right, next right, competition. Okay. So the next one, you'd be two two chefs, so it's a bit and the next team would be three chefs. Thing, yeah. Exactly. So they sit on a stool. They're still on the show. You know, they're not sent home. It's not like Big Brother. But they, they're sat there on a stool, <laughs> and they can't. Yeah, they can't use their hands. Or whatever, they have to but do they the can. Up. Yeah, they can give advice. <laughs> and a woman thought that was too harsh for children at nine. They thought it was unfair. Oh, really? and too that was a complaint. Yeah. That was the complaint. And what, I was like, your nine-year-old's going to be sore. <laughs> well, like, so because the, they'd lost the comp- competition, you mean? Because they well, it was it wasn't a mother. It was yeah, just. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah, she yeah. might be a mum, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a complaint that they thought that was too harsh a penalty for a child who lost the competition. So just like let them carry on being in it, yeah. Even though they weren't very good, just like eighth place trophies being given out <laughs> yeah. to everyone. Well, yeah, you've got no, to learn no, at some no. point about losing. I mean, losing is part of life, and losing. Going back to what I said at the start of the pod, you know, it makes you kind of stronger if you, mm. if you, you can learn from it. I, I appreciate at nine, losing is different to losing at 35, but, you know. But it needs got, to happen. You've got to learn mm. at some point. Yeah, it needs to happen. Nine's old. Like, nine? <laughs> Dude, you're, yeah, you're good at nine. Yeah. You're good at nine. And four-year-olds, sports day, need to be, there's a winner or a loser. <laughs> Like, I think it needs to be clear. You need to have it. Oh, maybe I'm harsh. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think it's, it's, a con- it's a conversation. So he's, like, fighting. <laughs> yeah. We had this conversation when I go to sports days with a lot of parents, actually, about the... Because they all get a... You know, they all get... Um, a little florette at the end yeah. of the race because they because it's a taking part. And oh, that well is done impo- for participating. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I got no time for that. What? Otherwise, oh, otherwise they just didn't want to do it. Oh, you don't have to do it. Yeah. You, what's the other option? Sit on the sidelines. Well, exactly. No, we're all taking part. That's yeah. not the option. Go try and win. If you don't win, no worries. And also, like the kid who won, like what he's going to get exactly the well, same. Well, exactly. As else? So my son struggles academically, but he did really. He does really well. 
uh, some sports. Yeah, so he's not going to get good grades, but he might get yeah, the exactly. might get the bow. Yeah. But yeah, but then it's not you know. It's yeah, not, are we going to make all the grades in English equal because everyone participated? Exactly. Let's make it fair then if we're going to do that. But also, I think it it's spurs tricky. you it's not to try one. so hard. If you're clever, right, and you run sports day race, and even if you run slow, you get a trophy. Yeah. Why, why should I run fast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where so where is the issue? Is it is it around like the shame attached to losing? Do we need to? My biggest issue with it is the fact that it doesn't prepare you for the real world. Because in the real world, you're not getting a participation trophy. You don't go for a job interview, and if you don't get it, you get the job anyway. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, we, oh, we sorry, you great. We spoke about this recently. The, you come on in. Here's yeah. Like, anyway, so, yeah. yeah, so in, if school is meant to tra- train you for real life, right, yeah. which it doesn't full stop, that's a whole other argument, but... You know, that's just, it's, you're setting unrealistic boundaries in your kid's head. Mm. And then when he gets to the point that he gets knocked, like not allowed to do it, it's going to break his heart. So it's not preparing a child for the real world. And I think that's a problem. But then the other, I don't know, why does it need a participation trophy? A kid's crying because they, I don't know. It was when I played football as a kid, it, there was no participation. You, you got used to losing. And now I'm a no. Palace fan, so obviously it's fair. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. For football, it prepares you for a world life of yeah, football fan. It's the same when Palace I mean, win. So, yeah, it's but amazing. It's the same for me because when, when I was at school, there was, you know, you, you did, if you won, you, you got a prize, whatever. Uh, and I wasn't very good academically, and sport was an outlet for me, you know, and running was the one thing I was kind of good at at exactly. secondary school. And, and it was, it made me feel special and yeah. and actually you know my peers it was something that um you know i would get you know praised for yeah, which i would respect yeah exactly and even the teachers you know how unfair if it's equal to everyone right no yeah. and also like let's say your six-year-old finishes last and he's upset and he cries because kids cry mm. you know that's a hug oh i'm so sorry you lost it and what can we do about Rabbit, that? Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. How can, can we you do, do better next time? How can we time? solve yeah. this? Yeah. If you really want to win. Mm. Now, he might be like, no, I just don't want to do it again. Fine. That's fine Not the well. best lesson in the world. Maybe we can try other things. Or you know? revisit that. Or, well, you, you have know, that conversation that maybe this isn't your thing, but something else might be. Yeah, thing. but it's six. Meh. You know, try everything a couple of times. But, you know, it's, I think it's a case of, you know, crying kind of is okay, but that's not going to solve the problem. What can we do? And maybe the next morning you go running with dad after sports day or you yeah. do a little, you know, whatever. And but also crying, crying is, 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 is a human emotion. It's going to happen. And I guess you kind of embrace it and be like, okay. Because I, my wife and I had a baby five months ago. So I now cry at everything. All the time. Congratulations, All, thank bro. Thank you. All the time. Your first yeah. one? First one. Oh, yeah. You got like years yeah. of crying. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like any TV show that's got a baby in it, crying. Little boy or girl? Girl. Ah, even more crying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, we're sleep deprived. So that's obviously adding to the that crying too. as well. Yeah. Um, but it's part of life, and I think we all know it as well. Even you know, nothing to do with kids having a good cry sometimes, like mm. really helps. Yeah, absolutely. So but I think it's 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 a it's a hug, and it's crying, and I feel this way, and it's getting it out of you, and then doing something about it. Not just we can't just cry through life, right? We got to then right now. What? What will I do? How can I solve this? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's crying's good. Crying it's cathartic good. as hell. It's cathartic. Yeah, yeah. Exhaustion crying. Have you done that yet? You must have. No, I don't know. We've done so what, many crying different types of crying. Happy exhausted. crying. Do you know, yeah, Happy I crying, used to find yeah. with baby, like, so as soon as baby falls asleep, or well, I, I was very lucky, like, my kid, I don't want to say this to any new parent, <laughs> my kid slept with me well. But, um, so did my yeah, first one. Really? And then the second one, woohoo, <laughs> reality check. <laughs> A lot of people say that. Yeah. A lot of people say that, because when you yeah. like, I feel like we lucked out, so I'm like, like, maybe don't do it again. <laughs> lucked yeah, out. Yeah. I know my run. Yeah. 12 hours a night. Whoa, this is a piece of piss. <laughs> Let's have some more. But for sure, I had nights where you'd finally get into your bed and you've got like Breaking Bad on Netflix or something cool. Yeah. And then you're just like crying. Why? Because I'm so happy and I'm so tired. I've finally got into Netflix and I'm so happy that I get to just sit down and do nothing. Yeah. I've yeah. cried because I can do nothing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Um, I've done that because of work. Forget kids. <laughs> I cried. Finished, finished a 48-hour shift. <laughs> yeah, it makes you cry. Healthy. It's well, good. you enjoy that. You enjoy what, those finishing? moments. Well, no, that, that, that kind of... Oh, like just, it's a physical, yeah. yeah, I think crying is like a big sigh of relief sometimes. It's a real exhaustion thing, and it's not always sad. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess you've yeah, been in I moments totally where it's been quite, um, obviously, if you're, particularly if you're talking to someone really high profile, there's a lot of build-up, I should imagine. Adrenaline. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, adrenaline rush. Like, I think the biggest adrenaline I get is still around MMA fights, mm-hmm. because there's a humanistic tribal element of like, mm. you know, that walk out and everything. And, and also people can get seriously hurt. So there are a lot of worries yeah, in the yeah. back of your mind, especially if you know them. This sucks. Like I preferred it when I didn't know the fighters very well. Now someone, my friend, and you watch your friends get knocked out, you know, my friend like with her eyes, she was crying blood basically after oh. a fight. I've had teeth fly past me. I've had blood on my dress during hosting live fights. And, you know, that stuff. It's kind of normal. (laughs) So adrenaline is rushing through you. And I think, yeah, the hardest... The hardest shows I do are the live MMA fights. Mm. Cage Warriors, which is the feeder league UFC. Cage Warriors is the sickest MMA... um, when I say sickest, that's positive, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MMA promotion in the whole of Europe, it's ace. And those nights are a real adrenaline rush. And we're cage side. We're right up close to the action. And, and yeah, after that, it's a real, like, low. You sink. It's kind of crazy. That's cool, though. How did you get into M- MMA? Good question. I'm, I, I don't know. I have no broken idea how that happened. <laughs> no, I do. Um, we, I, so I worked mostly in football. I still do. Like I, 70% of my work is football, but, um, I've always loved jujitsu. My family, Brazil, Brazilian, I established yeah, that earlier yeah, yeah. Um, and in Brazil, jujitsu is a big deal. And so all my cousins did jujitsu. Like my family, a little bit machismo, like the boys do jujitsu, mm-hmm. the right. chicks. It was never something we thought about, but we always appreciated it. Um, and I think most of my cousins, pretty surprised if any of my cousins didn't do it right i say most of my cousins because i have a massive family in brazil so we don't know yeah my mom's yeah. one of 12 wow okay i've wow. got 45 cousins wow it's a lot of people That's so christmas cards <laughs> do you know what my nana had she had a um you know wardrobe like the full wardrobe. yeah 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 you'd open the door and she stuck from the top to the bottom of the inside of the wardrobe door in 12 normal font everybody's birthday Oh, and it filled I love that. the entire wardrobe door. That's how many birthdays they were. And she would absolutely celebrate everybody's That's birthday. That's amazing. Christmas, though, we do have to do Secret Santa yeah, within our own serious, family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool because they make a big deal out of it and you get the present, you describe the person, yeah, you talk yeah. about them before and you're kind of guessing who is it, who is it. So we make kind of a big That's deal. That's great. Yeah. So, so yeah, jujitsu kind of came from my family and wanting it and loving it. I never thought about presenting it really because I never saw it much on TV by UFC, mm. right? And that just seemed high up. And and then slowly I started to catch on that um, Polaris and Cage Warriors was happening. Yeah, and, yeah. In the UK, it was getting more steam and it was just a little bit more visible. And then I kind of went, where are, where are all the chicks at? Like, where are the girls hosting this? What's happening? And the few girls that there were there, and I mean like the two girls for the whole of Europe, um weren't oh god i've got to be careful because i'm i'm a big into supporting women but i was watching it thinking it could be better right we could have Mm. more opinionated chicks here not um this uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) i get so scared in sports in general you get the tits and teeth kind of chicks um because you know the head of productions are still male um so you get a lot of tits and teeth girls you get a lot of ex-athletes who are brilliant but maybe not the best presenters but they're the best at um expressing the knowledge yeah Yeah. Yeah. and there's not a lot in between and i noticed there wasn't a lot in between in combat sports and so i wanted to disrupt that the fuck up 
<laughs> so then I went, yeah, <laughs> there's a gap right there. So I ran at it. And I was really lucky because um, I managed to get to know the people at Cage Warriors. Um, and I I knew the sport, but I didn't know it to the level that you need for live, mm. right? Like everyone, you need to step it up a level and yeah. you need to understand, you know, the ref's regulations. You need to understand all this sort of stuff. And they were really kind to give me, A, Dan Hardy, who is like the greatest um, MMA analyst in the world, in my view. Um, and for those of you who don't know MMA, he's the equivalent of a Gary Lineker, right? Okay, so if you've right, never okay. been to a football match <laughs> and you get to sit next to Gary Lineker to break the game down to you yeah. for like three months, you're going to know your shit. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So Dan Hardy was just my absolute mentor at that time. And I sit next to him still now, still now, I think forever, whenever I sit next to him in the fight, I'm going to be asking him a million questions and he just talks to me and teaches me and I love it. Um, so I had Dan Hardy, which is amazing. Um, Rich Mitchell, Mark Goddard, you know, the best... Um, refs in the game who I could just go up to and ask questions all the time to and they were really always awesome with me and so I learned a lot very quickly and I had that dream in the back of my mind I actually said to myself I want to give it a year that's how cocky I am I'm gonna give it a year to get to the UFC three months they give me a call nice. why now possibly because there's not that many women in Europe right that's the main reason but no, I wasn't well, doing too bad at yeah job. but you're obviously <laughs> doing well and was really do you, have you always been a bit of a sponge for information yeah yeah, yeah. I'm curious cat like I yeah. think that's literally the whole of where my job comes from is just a massive curiosity. And I love to talk to people and ask people and, yeah, stories. I like telling stories. But that idea of seeing a niche, seeing a gap and going for it. Yeah, that's I'm quite, a business... That's quite a good skill. Yeah, I'm a bit of a business girl too. And also it's just the feminine, feminism thing. Like, it's just, it sucks when there aren't girls there. And it's, it's ridiculous nowadays. And with football now, you know, we're winning. We're winning. Yeah. We're getting mm. there. It's not where it should be. But it's absolutely, doors are open and loads of women are disrupting the scene and, and making incredible content from, you know, digital to TV to people like Alex Scott, who I think is a fucking yes. hero. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, so, you know, there's, that's happening now. Um, when I started 10 years ago, um, there weren't that many girls in football and there weren't that many girls with an opinion in football, mm. right? Um, so, yeah, with MMA, it's still in Europe. America, well ahead of us in MMA, well ahead. Um, in Europe, it's still still pretty limited. I'm probably one of five. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that is limited. Bad, isn't it? Especially considering how awesome it is. Like, women headline fight nights. Yeah. So we've got women it's in the octagon. Up, it's the, the other way around because we don't do the women's football as big here. Mm. Yeah. But the women's fighting is just as, just as big. Yeah. Oh. I mean, MMA has blown up in the last few years. It's the fastest growing sport. Yeah. Really? Fast growing sport in, I think, the world right now. I think it scares me a bit. Why? don't know. What to do? Quite aggressive. <laughs> Not to do it. Yeah, I wouldn't step foot in that octagon, <laughs> bro. Like, <laughs> what scares you about it? Have you watched a live fight before? Live, no. I've never been to like a live boxing or MMA or anything like that. We're, no. we're going to change that. Oh, God. We're going to change that. Cage Warriors, <laughs> Ultimate Boxer. <laughs> of course. Of course. Let's have a night yeah. out. I think like oh. I do, I've, I've seen big boxing fights on TV sometimes and thought, oh, I can, I can sort of, I can respect the drive that's taken them to get there. I can respect the condition they have to their bodies. I can respect the skill. I've done boxing with my PT a few times. Yeah. I respect that kind of thing. But I don't know, maybe something, I think something about the whole environment of the night maybe doesn't, maybe I'm just not manly enough to I go. find it, it's very, um, it's very tribal. It's very yeah. humanistic. It's really, it makes a difference if you have a fighter in mind. So, um, 
you know, like, oh, I love the underdog. I want the underdog to win. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. if there's a story or something, because just yeah, seeing yeah. men you have no connection with fighting, yeah. like, it's a bit... Mm. That's that's where I'm going to, I think. Yeah. yeah. Also, if you know, so, oh, this guy is like a kickboxer. Watch out for these kicks. And if another guy is a jiu-jitsu guy and it's like, oh, he's going to try and get him down, then it's a chess match and you're looking for something, mm, you know. Mm. You need to have a level of understanding or a level of um, an affection with someone or something for it to be interesting. Because otherwise, it doesn't just make sense and it does look like senseless violence, which yeah. is what it's not. I so, think that's good for, for sport in general because I do that watching football. Obviously, ooh. I'm a Palace fan, so I want Palace to win. But I will quite often watch a game and think, I'm going to watch the back four today or I'm going to watch the midfield three. And I, I find that almost more interesting sometimes than the tribalistic. I'll sit next to fans going, oh, ref, that's a terrible call. And I think, actually, the ref got that right. So I, I think I, I do like being quite analytical, actually, about yeah. sport. And that would, that would give me, personally, a little hook to actually find other sports more interesting. Yeah, exactly. It changes everything. I mean, imagine watching a football match where all the players from both teams were all in the same colour. Yeah. Um, there were no lines on yeah, the pitch. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And you didn't know who they were. You need context. Yeah, you yeah. need some sort of element mm. of context. And for us, it's the stories around the game, right? Yeah. And that's essentially what I, what I specialise in. I'm not about to discuss which formation was correct or whether X should have been on the wing. Yeah, yeah. I like the story yeah. around the game. Yeah. Yeah. What well, like the Tyson Fury thing, you know, coming back from... That's being so I big mean, that's and literally been riding that is, boxing stories. And then he said to the other guy, Wilder, I'm well, going to yeah. come and fight you Wilder, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to lose weight and stuff. And then he did. That sort of narrative well, I can get well, on board with. What is interesting, the fact the first, I've been following this quite a lot, because I do quite like boxing. I've, I think from the 90s, like watching Eubank and Ben and all those kind of yeah. stuff. And Frank Bruno. Oh, um, <laughs> but that is really interesting, the whole narrative around that, because obviously uh, Fury had this problem with his weight and everything and, and drug problems and everything. And then he came back, he was very overweight and he lost 10 stone, I think, wasn't it? Or something like that. And kind of sold, because obviously Wilder was the, the, the champion um, at the time for the first fight I'm talking about. And sort of was like, well, I, I, I can, you know, I'll come in. I, I, I'm probably, you know, not my best, blah, 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 blah. And then it obviously took him to a draw, which set up this drama then coming into the next yeah battle, well, I think the biggest was moment a, was the knockdown right yeah and it's he like he came back up again yeah, like the Undertaker. it's like sort of like watching Rocky or something yeah exactly yeah and it is it's the, the yeah and the underdog being like that, that underdog story and you know I think of, obviously being British we love yeah. We love so, you know, come, we'll take you to an event. Yeah. We'll take you both. You'll oh have a couple of fighters that you'll watch out for that you'll support and we'll give you some reasons behind it. And that's why a show like Cage Warrior is really good because we are very aware that it's still a niche sport. Um, and although we cater to our hardcore MMA fans and we have the best analysts in the game, um, we also mm. sort of push and prod and answer those questions and tell the stories of the fighters for people who haven't watched it before or don't understand it and sometimes explain, you know, why did the refs yeah. Give, yeah. take that point away? What happened there? Going so, back yeah. to the, the the sort of the storytelling, the drama aspect of it, because you started as an actress, didn't you? Hmm. I'm essentially a failed actress, bro. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's basically to, what's no, happened to my life. I'm interested in that kind of the contrast between obviously, like you know, telling stories through acting, but then sort of taking that yeah. into what you do now. <laughs> There's, there's still a large part of presenting that's acting. Mm. You know, you switch it on, right? We were talking about uh, guests coming in and switching it on for you yeah. guys. Um, I So, yeah, I went to theatre school as a kid, mm. and I loved it. My dad pulled me out because Sylvia Young herself, I was I was failing miserably at everything academic. And um, he went in for a meeting and chatted with them, and, and apparently they said to her, she said to him, don't worry about it. She doesn't really need maths or English because she's not going to work in that. And wow. my dad was like... 
mortified. <laughs> how can a teacher hear how much she's failing and say, not a big deal, because it's not going to affect her, right? Yeah. She was right. So my dad pulled me out of that school because of that, and like I ended up doing... Um, they do like half term classes and yeah, all that yeah. sort of stuff. So I was part time student, and um, oh, there's a couple of stories around that that I remember really well. And he obviously just as a parent wanting to make sure yeah, you have everything. Yeah. Um, but I was never going to be an academic kid. Um, and then I I kind of dropped out of school. No, I dropped out of like A levels. I barely scraped through my A levels. Just wasn't going, you know. And then. Um, I remember the talk about going to university and I was like, that blew my mind. Everyone was expecting me to go to university. I was like, obviously not. Like for me, it didn't even come into my mind. I was, by that point, for I started working around 14 and I'd lie about my age to everyone. Um, and at that point, by the time I got to university age, I was getting jobs that people out of university would have died for. Really? And I wanted to go to theatre school or drama university, like a RADA or a Tring or something like that. And I know that that's not worth the paper it's written on, right? Like, it's a drama degree. What's that mean? So it wasn't going to save me in the business world. But in TV, it might get me some of these bigger jobs, which I'm already getting. So nothing made any sense. And Sylvia, again, said to me... Um, yeah, you're getting the jobs people would die for. You'd that be crazy to go to uni? So she's like, just work, and if it goes quiet, then go to uni. But so if, what if jobs are you getting? It's just going on now. Well, um, at that point, I was working for the Extreme Sports Channel. Do you remember them? They're now uh, defunct. Yeah, the but they used to do like yeah. BMX races, downhill races, like, snowboarding, yeah. all that oh, nice. sort of stuff. Um, but I, my sort of movement into TV also came, and this feels bad, but I have to be honest with myself. I like money. Okay, I just do. And from about sort of 16 onwards, I had to pay my way as well. Yeah. So 14, 15, yeah. I was moving out and it was all messy and I had to pay my way. And so you kind of go, oh, sh like I need to work and I need to find things that pay. And acting does not pay. Mm. Like unless you are a Hollywood actress, even like the most, and it heartbreaks my heart today, but the most amazing women in musicals, you know, doing touring and the best Broadway things aren't getting paid shit, right? Like, it's mm. not enough. Maybe West, you can end, be happy. West End money is not what you think it is. Exactly. Mm. Happiness is more important than money. I'm not going down that route. But, you know, you need to be in a very small handful of actresses in the world to be making big money. And I wanted big money. So I, um, yeah, also I had to pay my way. My first presenting job was actually a late night poker channel. Oh, I used to love late night poker. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. So there's like 900 up channels that were blatant porn from yeah, 9 p.m. Yeah, yeah. onwards. Before that, uh, before the 9 p.m. watershed time was like these really dodgy quiz shows and most yeah. of them around poker or, or quiz games. And so I worked for a poker channel and it's the best training any presenter could ever get. I lied about my age. You had to be over 21, right? Lied about my age. They're not here anymore. I think I'm getting away with it. <laughs> you got away with it. Yeah, yeah, because I needed to pay my rent. Um, and I... So how, how old were you at that point then? So you... I think I was about 19, 18, okay. 19. Yeah. And so I worked there and it was great because production wasn't slick, right? It was not slick. And it was that kind of idea that if you could work there, you could do anything. Because when you get mm. to real life TV, it's actually really yeah. well organized. Yeah. Um, and we had autocue, we had talkback, you had like the stats and the ratios of the game and the flush and all the people playing online. And it's a lot of information to bring in. And so training doing that at a quite a young age is probably the best, you know, live TV experience you can get. And I, I covered a good 10,000 hours of live poker. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, when it comes to doing the big jobs, the I think my biggest job is uh, London Olympic Games. So I did the opening ceremony to what they said was around 4 billion people worldwide. And so by that point, you're kind of like, nah, I've done live. I'm yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I wasn't too worried about it. Um, so so do the, do the live jobs, you know, from a small channel to Olympics, 
do they feel the same? You know, if you've done, do you approach it in the same way? Does it feel the same? Do you have the same anxieties or no anxieties? Or For me, it depends on the live, live audience, so the people in there. So, for instance, the London Olympic Games, you might have four billion behind a camera, but you've got 80,000 in the stadium. Um, I do corporate gigs. My heart, the hardest thing I find is corporate gigs when you've got four, 400 people in a room because mm. you can see their faces. I'm looking at you, Mr. Comedian, over here because stand-up's hard, right? When you can see the person's reactions as you're talking about it, I love the fact that in camera, I don't care how many people are seeing it, yeah. can't see it. Or I find 20,000 audience and up, no problem. Can't see reaction. The light is so bright. Doesn't matter. It could be like they're not there. Yeah. Couldn't care less. But if it's anything less than that sort of mark or the smaller the room, the harder it is. And so I force myself to do these really awkward corporate gigs for a, a, you know, for a range of different companies. I love them because they're training, they're self-growth. They're tough. They're really tough because you feel uncomfortable. And you might like, we don't tell jokes. I'm not a comedian, but you kind of, you know, you make kind of jokes yeah, as you're yeah, going yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, you go in and you talk about your intro and you ask someone this and you make a little joke and then you see that woman look at you and just stare at you up and down whilst you're talking. And you have to carry on. You know, you can't stop and go, bitch, get out, come on. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah, you can't call her out. And baby. it's always a woman. That's another thing. Always a woman. Yeah, we're not good to each other in this world, us girls. Um, but yeah, so small corporate gigs I find tougher than a large audience because they all just merge into one when they get big. Was that the question? Yeah, no, I, I like so. the idea of... I thought it went off on one. No, no, doesn't matter right, no. That was my point. It doesn't matter who's behind the camera. It yeah. could be 100 people watching. could be a billion people yeah, watching. Yeah, I don't feel a different pressure on that, only because it's too fantastical to even imagine. Yeah. So like with the Olympics, like you just can't envisage how many people are watching that. You can't get that... in. I couldn't get that into my head at all. I like the idea as well of you're still... So you're obviously, you know, you're at the top of your game. You're very experienced, but you're still putting yourself through these situations that train you. Yeah, because I'm still to shit. Get better. <laughs> like, no, seriously. Like, I was talking to you about this. I've, I make a mistake every single thing I do. Like, I'm human. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Is so it I how still want to them? get better. Yeah. I think there's a problem. The day I turn around and go, oh, I've nailed it. I don't need to practice anymore. I think that's a problem. And what do you like with those mistakes when they happen? Do you just sort of brush them off? Do you... Depends Have you on had any really bad ones? Say, do you yeah. analyse them? Dude, I've yeah. had some really bad ones. <laughs> Come Equally, on, tell us. <laughs> I've got one really bad one. I don't think I've told on air before. <gasps> yeah, do you want to hear it? Oh, yeah. Okay, equally, well, before I tell the story, I've also done some amazing shit. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. I have saved some TV shows. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should I start with the positive or the negative first? Which would you prefer? I think yeah. end on the positive. End on positive. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we'll start with my worst my worst mistake on TV to date. Um, which people not hire even me. <laughs> but do you know what? It was human error at the end of the day. Yeah. But um, Okay. Good luck with reacting to this one. Oh, God. I was live on Cage Warriors, uh -huh. which is the uh, Field League's UFC. So it's kind of like an MMA show. It's the biggest MMA show in Europe. Um, we were in Liverpool. That's important. Yeah? Uh -oh. We were in Liverpool. Okay. And I was live to an audience there. So it, it, got, it was broadcast live on BT Sport. And the audience there was maybe two to 3,000. I can't quite remember the capacity of the arena we were in. But yeah, two to 3,000. Um, and it's several fights throughout the night. And we host the main card live from 9 p.m. with Dan Hardy, right? The guy who I still think is oh, an yeah. absolute mm. king. Even though I work with him every day, I still kind of get excited. I mean, when I first worked with him, I had to ask him to sign the autobiography that I have of his. Do so it. I was like, listen, dude, let's sign this now. <laughs> then we'll put the this to bed and I'll yeah. stop fangirling, I promise. So, you know, I think a lot of this guy. And um, so I was hosting live with him. And in the arena that day were two um, 
very important fighters. One was Paddy Pimlet and the other was Molly McCann. And Molly has moved on to the UFC, incredible fighter. Paddy is still in Cage Warriors, amazing, amazing fighter. Um, they both train out of Next Gen li- uh, Gym in Liverpool. You can hear how I'm slowing down. I'm making sure I get this right this time. Because <laughs> I fucked it up so bad. Um, and one of the fighters in the octagon at that time Sorry. was from the same gym. Now, if you think of the words... Molly McCann and Paddy Pimlet. So Molly, Paddy, Molly McCann, Paddy Pimlet. It came out live as Maddie McCann is training out of Next Gen Gym in Liverpool. (laughs) I told the world that Maddie McCann was training out of Next Gen Gym in Liverpool. Liverpool, of course, which is where she was from. Yeah. Oh, my God. As I said it, I saw Dan Hardy's face, who I was saying it to, just kind of go... Like, you know, he kind of, his facial expression told me that I had done something wrong. Um, Was someone in your ear on TalkBack? Nobody on TalkBack clicked. They didn't actually notice. Because if you think about Molly, Maddie, Paddy, you know, it it was just a natural, because you're hyped, right? And you're just talking quite quickly and everything's really exciting and you're just throwing it out there. So it was just a slip of the tongue. There's no pre-prep that I could have done different. It's not that I don't know. I know Molly personally. Like, it's not that I didn't know my facts. It wasn't that I didn't prepare. There's nothing I... I was talking about extreme responsibility. There's not a lot I could have changed, right? All I could have changed was just being calmer and slowing down in order to not make that mistake. But it wasn't a knowledge mistake, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, also, I think we can accept sometimes it's a slip of the tongue. I'm human, right? Yeah, Those things yeah, happen. Yeah, um, and then you think to yourself in your brain, it feels like, you know, it feels like an hour of, oh, uh, 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 what do you say? How do you get out of this? And I'm like, oh, and you kind of want to be like, oh, not the missing kid that presumed dead. Yeah, 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 you yeah. can't say that shit. So as soon as I said it, I kind of just went um, and carried on. I didn't try and cover it. I didn't try and go over it. I was just like, we're just going to pretend that didn't, didn't happen. happen. <laughs> Um, and then I immediately came off air for the break, that link, and I ran straight over to a journalist, Nick Pete, one of the top MMA journalists, who tweets everything all the time. And I immediately was just filled with fear of, like, that's the end of my career. Like, that's it. Done. Twitter is going to kill me. Yeah. It's all going downhill from here. And I ran over to him, and I went, do not tweet that. And he was like, no, of course not. And I was like, that's very kind of him. Like, I, I assumed that's he would. Good, yeah. But he was like, no, of course not. Like, I wouldn't have done that anyway. It was very kind. Um, and then I was like looking at Twitter, but equally thinking I shouldn't. I've still got the rest of the show to do, like another hour and a half of a show to do. So I'm kind of in between looking and not. One tweet. I had one tweet. And you know what that tweet said? Molly and Paddy sound so similar. No wonder you did that. Wow. Right? Okay. And you were expecting So when like I a... make a mistake, I don't get shit. It's when I do good stuff that I get shit. <laughs> but dude, yeah. I said, Maddie McCann is training out of next gen. Like somebody's fucking founder. Horrific, horrific. My heart broke into a million pieces, and I was just like, I couldn't think of a worse moment to have. Like, what's the? Tell me a worse error to say on TV. No, I mean there isn't one. Especially in Liverpool, that's that's not great. Yeah, but I love the idea that like you you were expecting this pile on. You were expecting people to be you know crucified. Yeah, I was thinking, are they going to let me do the rest of the show? We'll take you off air immediately. Now, like gone. Let's make an example of her. Like genuinely, because your mind does just sort of spin out. Yeah. And then how do you make sure you don't make any other mistakes after that? Because then my head is just like, I'm an idiot. Well, yeah, because you've got so much to focus on anyway. Yeah. You're then, you've thrown yourself off course massively. I've just said Maddie McCann on TV. I've just, I've just got this. But it's funny, this happens a lot on the pod because we're all in our own head and we all, we are analyzing ourselves all the time and we're obsessed with what we're doing. 99% of the rest of the world don't care. 
They're yeah. not. Re- they're not really concentrating. They're not watching. You feel like they're waiting for you to fall. Hundred mm. percent. But actually, they didn't really notice because no. I spectacularly fell. <laughs> yeah, and and you you wouldn't have even been surprised if you'd gone on Twitter and people were tweeting about it. You'd be like, oh, I kind of expected that. Yeah. No one did. And even like my employers and the people around me, they were like, oh my god, that was so bad. Ha ha ha. Moved on. Do you yeah, know what I mean? They yeah. got it. Because it was kind of, it was a human thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It was a human thing. And I think nine times out of ten, our errors are. They're yeah. human and it's okay. And actually, that gave me an insane amount of confidence. Because I was like, can't get worse than that, right? Like, I can't <laughs> say something more <laughs> stupid than that. So from then on, I kind of chilled out. And I think I'm a better presenter for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes What's sense. What's the good story? Oh, the good story. Um, me saving Idris Elba's ass on live TV as well. So I hosted... It's <laughs> a good start. Yeah. Yeah. I hosted the FIFA Best Awards. That should be the name of your autobiography. I saved Idris yeah, Elba's yeah. ass. <laughs> he was really good to me. Oh, I thought you were going to steal a donut then. No, oh, I could have done, couldn't I? No, we'll save, <laughs> we'll save for the end. Save for the, I'm just checking the levels. Is that a drill? It sounds like almost that was like a trumpet fanfare, like building up to the <laughs> story. <laughs> I think the condensation on the mic, we get away with it, yeah. won't we? Condense it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it stopped. So I hosted the FIFA Best Awards 2017 with Idris Elba, right? Sounds amazing. Where? Start, where? where? Uh, this was in London. Okay. The start on my showreel. Forevermore <laughs> is going to be Idris Elba introducing me. Is Idris <laughs> yeah, a big good. football good. fan? Is he? Arsenal. Yeah, he's yeah, a massive Arsenal, massive Arsenal, Arsenal fan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's actually big. legit the best presenter FIFA Best have ever had. Okay. Really? And that night, I still stand by Compared it. Compared to... <laughs> Eva Longoria. I mean, they've had all sorts of different okay. people. Some great, like great. Do names. they normally have like a, a non-football person? Do you know what they try and do? They try and take a global scale. Cool. Yeah. So you know, I always think Gary Lineker. Why isn't he hosting? It's amazing. Mm. It's like because someone in India might not. not yeah, yeah, click yeah, who yeah, is yeah. It? Whereas Idris Elba has that global mm-hmm. appeal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what they wanted to, to do. And Idris was absolutely exceptional. And actually, since then and still before, I still stand by. I think that was the greatest FIFA Best Show we've ever had. Um, mainly because Messi, Ronaldo and Neymar were all front row and they've never all three been at the show oh, again really? together. Yeah, um, because that was the year where we didn't really know. It was the year that everyone sort of argued about whether it could be Ney. Yeah, like it could have been him. It could have been the first person to break that 11-year yeah. stretch of Neymar-Messi, which is now not 13-year stretch. Yeah, Mod- oh, Modric broke it, didn't they? Yeah, Modric broke it in the yeah. end. But at that point, it was the first year where it could have been broken. So all three went. Now, they only go if they know they're winning, yeah. right? Which I'm pro, like, fine. I yeah, wouldn't whatever. go if yeah. I wasn't winning. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had all three, and the audience was incredible because that was also the first year since they broke away from Ballon d'Or. Mm-hmm. So everyone's kind of hedging their bets on which one's going to be the most popular one, right? Why is this different from Ballon d'Or? So the FIFA best, it used to be the FIFA Ballon d'Or. Yeah. And yeah. they left... It's separate. So the FIFA Best Awards are separate to Ballon d'Or. So Ballon d'Or is, is sponsored what? by a magazine. So it used to be for France football, didn't it? Or something? Yeah, yeah. I think it might still be that. Okay. I can't remember. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So the FIFA, FIFA The Best is essentially new, but it's been the same. It was the same throughout before. And do you think the players are more invested in that particular award for than FIFA the Ballon Because it's FIFA. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then historic. I think they're both, yeah. They're yeah, both important. Equal, yeah. But obviously, mine's, mine's better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, we got Idris Elba. Yeah, so that was a big They've year. Got Platini. <laughs> and then we had a moment where they announced the uh, World Eleven, right? Okay. Eleven of the world's greatest players, yeah, full stop, uh, stood on that stage with their trophies, receiving them, and they were all there. We didn't have a single person missing. Amazing. So the World Eleven are on stage, and then Can they're you still meant to come. The full 11? 
Mostly. Yeah, yeah, I think I can. I think I can. And then they were all meant to come down off the front of stage straight back to their seats. Now, remember, Idris Elba's the main host. I was the, um, yeah, like secondary host, co-host, as it were, sort of that level down, right? More of a reportery kind of role. Um, and I interviewed the people in the um, audience and did a few pieces like that. Now, they decided, but they by accident, because they're the World 11, they can do what they want, <laughs> went out the wrong way, which ah, meant idiots. they had to do the whole loop of the... Um, location before coming back to their seats like a lap of honor exactly which kind of gave us four minutes four minutes which in tv world is a long time four minutes of zero nothing so i didn't realize this had happened i'm just waiting for my next link because i'm kind of got the easy thing easy Mm -hmm. gig here idris has got the tough one they're screaming in idris's ear like phil do something anecdotes anecdotes yeah idris (laughs) how did you feel Lufa? (laughs) yeah but I, i don't know exactly what was said in his ear but idris is like obviously a hero but he kind of just was like, no, like, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to fill. I don't, you know, and he's, his show was very intensely scripted, right? Mm. This sort of thing, you don't just go off on one on a show like this, right? I think people, people get mistaken about how TV is made. Like we plan everything very well. Um, And so he didn't have anything to back him up. You've got to be careful. You can't just be on live TV and something big. No. I'm with him on going, do you know what? I'm not just going to make shit up. You don't yeah, want to go yeah, right. yeah, don't want to risk it. Yeah. So I saw him look at me, give me a little nod and walk off stage. <laughs> it's all yours. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so it's like, I, I can just hear in my ear, general panic from the gallery. It's all it down to you. gives me a little nod that. and a wink and walks <laughs> off. And I'm like, holy crap wow. like this is the biggest gig of my life and i've just got a fill and we don't know how long we don't even know where we, at this point we, all we knew is they went off the wrong way we didn't know if they sat down back then or what they're doing so what was your first can you remember what your first thought was there in that moment whenever there is a problem in my life or in tv you name the elephant in the room I've, that's the thing i've learned always name the elephant so i immediately looked camera there by the way layla go that was what was said in my ear layla go it's all on you <laughs> yeah don't fail yeah <laughs> and i just went imagine that our world 11 have just gone out the wrong exit and they now have to spend about three minutes coming back which means you got me right here <laughs> you know, like, so i kind of just said you know what when cristiano ronaldo wants to turn right he can turn right yeah no one's going to complain about that and i just went on and then i talked about how um that was voted for by uh their peers which means so much and i wonder who he voted for and mm. i just started Meh, talking crap on tv but i filled for three minutes to the world with zero information and saved Idris's ass <laughs> and then they I, I remember it was really brilliantly timed because i then said um do we know which entry because I started to hear, oh, they're here, they're oh, there. She's almost commentating on their lap of honour. Yeah, I was yeah. like, ah, name the elephant. Like, we're not yeah, going to yeah, get yeah. away with this. No one's going to, you know, be able to slickly pretend nothing happened. No. Um, and so I was like, yeah, name it. It becomes relatable. It becomes yeah. fun. It's probably a digital moment, which it ended up being. Yeah. And um, I remember saying, I, I looked slightly off camera and I was saying, do we know which entrance they might come back through? And they said, oh, that entrance. I was ladies and gentlemen, they're going to come right through there now. And they did. Just hey, as I said. Because I thought it would be funny if I said now and then they didn't I went oh I'm not good enough at that yet maybe in a second keep your eyes out for Ronaldo my friends and you know I kind of just thought I'd make a play with it but they came on the now and it was really beautiful and um you know at the end the, the whole crew and everyone was just like thank you Layla and to this day for me that's kind of like the most professional I've been the best I've been that's that you know when you're when you're in a difficult situation is when you can prove how good you are mm. what emotions do you have when they went Layla go what did, what did you... you don't have time to think. No. I my first emotion was when Idris nodded at me, and I remember thinking, "Fuck no!" <laughs> right? That was how dare you? Yeah, I went, "Fuck no!" Like 
Fucking hell, Idris. Yeah, you just don't have time. <laughs> yeah. And that's the best thing. And I think, actually, this relates back to the Commando Mindset podcast that I was talking to you mm, about. This. Mm. I'm launching that soon. Something they taught me was, like, a mistake in combat. You don't have time to think no. because you're going to get killed. So they, they do something called AG, AGA. Ex, no, wait. Let me get this right. A-R-A. Accept, remove, adapt. So accept that the situation has happened. Yeah. Remove your emotions from the situation. Not dissing emotions. We go to that later. But when you don't have time, you don't have fucking time. Yeah. If I just sat and cried in that moment, it would have gone to shit. Mm. If military men cry in that moment, they die. Yeah. Right. So accept, remove, adapt. And so I kind of did that without even knowing. I just kind of went, oh, fuck you, fuck you, Elva. Um, <laughs> I, you know, removed any emotions. I just don't have time to it and got on with it. Yeah. So I think sometimes the lack of thinking time is really beneficial because we overthink as humans. 100%. We overthink. And the overthinking is a problem. Yeah. Um, there was a wonderful technique from a book of an author that I've forgotten her name and she deserves to be named in this. Um, so I'm sorry. But she talks about uh, five second rule. Hmm. and how if you're doing something that you don't want to do, well, imagine you want to get up and go to the gym in the morning as in you wanted to the night before, but on the morning you don't really want to. Take those five seconds, like do it for five seconds. So get up, get your bag, get your thing out. Are you still going to cancel it? It's like yeah. if you actually make those moves for five seconds, chances are you'll go. So get up out of the bed and do the five seconds. And if you still don't want to go, then, then think about it. But chances are you'll do it. Well, I just think it's interesting because yeah. obviously the, the podcast is about blank moments and that could have been like a prime blank, a blank, moment, blank right? moment for yeah. you. But actually you seized on that moment and were able to actually deliver. My blanks come pre-show. Right. Thankfully, I've never had a complete blank during the show. Um, I get, I suffer a lot with like paranoia. I worry that I'm going to forget the fighters' names. I worry that I'm going to forget this. And, you know, like I have cards still and it frustrates me because I don't need them. But I will write on a card because I think... Because assurance. What yeah. if I get a blank moment on a live show? Yeah. I just need it on my card. I just have it. So it's a security blanket. Yeah. Plus, I'm going back to Gary Lineker now. I love, and he set a precedent for every presenter out there, how many notes he has on match of the day. Yeah. He puts his little glasses on. He's got loads of papers <laughs> around so him. It's true, right? Yeah. And I'm like... He sets a present for every presenter doesn't have to be Rain Man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I cannot remember everything in the world. And it is okay to have notes. And so I keep telling presenters, do the best job you can. Now, if you personally are better without notes, like I can't deal with a long script. I make a couple of bullet points. That's how I like it. If that works for you, do that. If no notes makes you better, no notes. But, you know, don't. Don't think you can't have a piece of paper to help you out. Like, we are human. It's okay. And so I'm really pro. Like, get some fucking notes. Do the your job properly. Don't care. Okay. The audience aren't going to say, oh, well, it's great, like but it. she had way too many notes. Yeah, like, oh, I quite okay. like They're it. They're not even Ga focused on it. No, I quite like it when Gary gets his glasses on. Exactly. Goes, it makes him more relatable. Whilst Gary Lineker still has pieces of paper in front of him, yeah. I'm allowed a fucking card. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Gary's glasses. That's a Twitter account right there, isn't it? Is it? Gary's glasses. No, it should be. Oh, start it. Start it. Start it. So yeah, I get paranoid. So I oh, I write my notes and I da, da, da. and sometimes I see on shows I, I look at them when I didn't need to, but I just got paranoid that I get the name wrong and say you know Sam Smith instead of Sam Mouth, you know, like, yeah. or whatever. That some famous crazy MMA fighter Sam Mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, so maybe good. in general, you know, like it's always a little thing that could change. So sometimes I I paranoidly overcheck things and just before a fight night, as adrenaline starts coming, I think oh, I can't remember anything. I can't remember anyone's names. Who's on the main card? I can't do you know. So my blank moments come pre. CBD has helped with that. Does anyone here take CBD? No, I've Can heard of it. I've heard of it though. 
CBD is a um, cannabidiol, oil, mm. and it is the uh, legal part of the marijuana plant. I started off because I gave this, um, I discovered this because my dog, who's 14, Mojo, has um, arthritis. And CBD is amazing for arthritis. It's amazing, um, mostly, almost miraculously working for um, swelling. Um, mm. so inflammation just, and inflammation. stuff. Yeah, yeah. There okay. you go. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, so it helps with inflammation. And um, fighters, athletes, footballers, I've heard lots of people rave about it. And oh. so when my dog, I was talking to a friend about him with arthritis, they said, have you tried CBD? And it was literally transformative within an hour. The wow. dog was a different Amazing. dog. And dogs can't tell you how they feel. So it so needs to be physical. Food? Yeah, droplets. Yeah. So I put like two little droplets in his food in the morning. And um, it's a dog CBD, which just means it's diluted more. Mm-hmm. Um, and phenomenal. And then I started taking it pre-big shows. So anything that I get a bit of an adrenaline rush or get too excited, I'll take it to just... Just level you out a little Yeah, level me out a little bit. So do you take it more in water? Or I just put it on, on my tongue. On tongue, yeah. yeah. I just put it on my tongue. And do you just get it from you a health food You can vape it shop? too. I used to vape it, but it smells a lot of pot, and then people yeah, think they, she's yeah, like, yeah, "What yeah. is she doing?" Yeah. So I stopped doing that. People worry. Yeah. The show. Like, <laughs> when I was a kid, she's I been used hanging to out with Dad Harding way <laughs> too long. Classic Hardy. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I used to get really nervous before playing football, which is weird because I was quite good and I really enjoyed it, but I really wanted to do really good. Um, so I used to take something called Rescue Remedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What I mean, was yeah. that? That's alcohol, bro. Yeah. It was out. It was yeah, it? Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Um, it's a flower. It's that a Bax Remedy a from a flower. And that, it was you have really a little pipette. Pipette. Little pipette. Pipette. Yeah, yeah, pipette thing. It never really pipette. worked. Pipette, yeah. Did it not? I don't think so. I was I, still really nervous. Sometimes, you know, I don't know if it works or if it's placebo. I used to take it sometimes. It was in, on trend for a little while. and was it? I felt like it worked. What, Rescue Remedy? Mm. This is a long time ago. Yeah, it's a while ago. But it has got an alcohol content, content to it. Yeah, that's what yeah, I thought it was alcohol based. Yeah. I think it was like shot whiskey. I was just, yeah, You're I might right. as well just do a tequila or something. <laughs> Cheaper. Same, same outcome. Cheaper. Cheaper. Yeah. So the CBD, you get that from the health food shop, do you? So I get mine online. Oh, yeah. Because I like it as clean and without mm. anything else in as possible. But you can get it from a health yeah, food yeah. shop. It'll be just as good. Just have a look at the THC content unless you want to have a real good time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very different show. Yeah. We had some um, given. Some, we were on another pod. We were given some CBD water. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Which had a di- and it, uh, quite a different I'd taste. That. To it? normal water, it yeah. tastes kind of grassy, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was, yeah, grassy. It was basically yeah. like drinking a bottle of dew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> From can the, get... the morning dew. You can get sort of them flavoured, but my theory is just like the more flavourings, the more chemicals, and you just want it clean yeah, and yeah. pure. And um, so, yeah, I think. I get mine from, can I say, Simply CBD online. Okay. Um, But there's a load of places. Just Mm. make sure there's not a load of shit in it too. Because it's like, you know, you take something like that with a load of sugar to flavor it. Battery acid. You know, you're just cancelling out the effects. And then people are like, oh, it doesn't really work. And it's like, it's because you're taking yours with candy. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to look into that. But But that's really helped with you. Yeah. It helps me with sleep and it helps me with with just chilling the fuck out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. After shows. Again, because of that mm, adrenaline rush, yeah, yeah, it yeah. takes minimum two to three hours for me to and relax beforehand. It's obviously, a lot of the, the, particularly the cage fighting, yeah. it's late nights. But also football or like, if you're going to interview someone really, really big or that you're kind of excited about, yeah. you know, if you're going to yeah. if you're gonna go sit in a helicopter with Pogba, you come off that <laughs> helicopter really fucking giddy, yeah, right? Like, oh, you've just had the best day of my life. <laughs> and, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah, and yeah. actually the majority of my presenting, that's kind of the tone that I've, I've got. That's where I come from. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm a presenter. I have more knowledge than you. It's more just like I'm having a fucking amazing time. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're and, hanging out. Yeah, I have the best time. And so, you know, you come out of those gigs really. I mean, I flew from, is it Nice so, to Monaco? 
Monte, is that where you Carlo, in the helicopter? One of those places. Yeah. yeah, I flew in a helicopter across Monaco with Pogba. That's I mean, it's cool. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You are not going to sleep that night. Yeah. You're not going to sleep the night before. The whole three nights before, three nights after, you're like, I'm done. I'm retired. I've had the best time of my life. <laughs> you're you were both passengers. You're Pogba wasn't flying the uh, helicopter. No, he wasn't. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I would not let that happen. Whole bottle of CBD. <laughs> and do you know what? We, we started the interview. I will never forget this because I think he's so cool. We started the interview in the helicopter. Oh, actually, it was just before the helicopter that I did a link, but we started it in the helicopter and I turned to Pogba and I go, Do you get used to this? And he looks at me and goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. This, yeah. Is, this is casual now. You know, that yeah, yeah. so cool. You know you've made it when you get used to flying in a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just what I do. Standing. So there was a lot of CBD before that one, was there? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was drank down the yeah, bloody yeah. bottle to try and stay calm. Also because you just don't want to be too, too silly. Of course, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise you just well, that's be like, it. I think because oh yeah, because yeah. yeah, I guess in that respect, yeah, you you get too excited and then you just well, the balance, isn't it? Yeah. Especially if you're coming from the angle of, of being a fan, there's a balance between being an informative presenter, but also being relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And being able, you know, because people are watching are fans; they're not presenters either, so no, they exactly. want to be able to relate to you as. I mean that that just falls into why digital's doing so well and why TV's hemorrhaging viewers mm. is because you know we actually want to share stories with people now. We don't want to be newsed at all the time. Yeah, and these relatable vlog style content is winning, like really winning, and it's lovely. We want you know we want personalities, we want people, we want stories. Um, maybe more so now because we're not as Com- as in much of a community as we are, we used to be. Mm. Um, you know, I always say social media gets bigger the less friends you have, right? Like, mm. and because you, you, you're looking for those relationships. And, you know, the way people feel me, follow me on, on vlogs and Instagram, the messages people send me, it's like they think they know me. Yeah. I, I, have, an, I have a YouTube channel that's got. Um, it does well. It's doing okay. I know, I love your singing. Oh, thanks. Oh, you're the first person and last person to have said it. <laughs> um, but I get. So most of my audience are normally sort of young lads, sort of like early teens and stuff. And you'd think that you might get a lot of trolling from that. And I just get the nicest messages all the time. When my daughter was born, I got so many nice messages from young lads saying... Changes when you have tits. I would, yeah, that's fair, fair point. (laughs) That's a fair point. But also you make great cool content, like... Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, that's good that you... Yeah, but I've got tits, right? (laughs) Look at the demographic, right? You're more relatable. Because I'm assuming you'd make football content, right? Yeah. I've, I've only seen football content. Yeah. Do you make anything else? No. Nope. It's only football content. So your football fans are majority male demographic. Yeah. So you're their mate. Yeah. I'm intri- intruding in their space from just bef- before I've even opened my mouth. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. So I've got to earn it. It's a different It's a different thing. You have to work so much harder yeah, so to much get harder. those kind of nice responses. We get there in the end. Does it? Has it changed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's different when you get new audiences. So um, I work a lot with Neymar um, because we work with the same brands. So like uh, Red Bull and Otro and a couple of different brands that he's signed to I work with. We speak Brazilian, we get on, like it makes sense. Yeah. And a lot of the time um, they know like the clips. We When we work together, it, it's just gold, like it works well. Yeah. So people will, will continue to make that link. Um, and whenever I work with Neymar, that brings in a massive new audience. Um, working with Neymar is an amazing thing. Like, that's an achievement oh, and a God, half. Yeah. Mm. Not every presenter gets time with Neymar. So no. I should be super proud and happy and excited when clips like that drop. But I get super anxious because he then introduces me every time to another 10,000 people who've never seen me before. They see some new chick they've never seen before with Neymar. Wait, how'd she get that job? Why is she there? Who's she? What's happening? So you get that massive attack Ooh, 
from the beginning. Mm. And then they take time to look you up. Then they look at your website. Then they look at your page. And then they're like, oh, she's also interviewed Messi. Oh, she's also... In- oh, oh, she might be all right. Oh, she might know her stuff. But the first thing is to attack, always. It sucks that that is the initial reaction. Because if it, it was a guy, time. they'd yeah. be like, oh, it's a guy interviewing Neymar. Mm, yeah. Cool, he probably knows about football. Yeah, oh, obviously. Because they've man. got to educate themselves. Before they can say something more positive, yeah. which is a real shame. But also, it's like there's some weird things. Like every person who follows me and slags me off, like every person who slags me off in comments, follows me yeah. across multiple social medias. So I'm like, mm, strange one, doing something right. Yeah. Keep following. I got no problem with People it. People are strange, aren't they? They are very strange. But it's interesting. So I think it is different. But so I I'm think, glad you're getting good comments. But I think yeah. you get good. It's good content. But yeah. equally, it's just a different world. Yeah. It is a different world. And football's yeah. a hard one because there is this. There is, it is so tribal. Um, you know, there is no. We've talked about this many times as well. There's no nuance because it's you are in one side or the other. You know, if you like Neymar, mm. you know that's great. But if you don't like him, then it's he. he people think it's target. okay to then say that. Yeah. Yeah, like they know him. Like, yeah. what, what do we think we're doing? Yeah. You know, what what do we think we're doing? You know, I'd, I'd go as far as to say Neymar's probably one of the most bullied footballers in the world um, when it comes to social media and stuff. And, you know, we talked about Caroline Flack right at the beginning. You know, why is Neymar any fucking different? Why is he any different? Why is it okay to absolutely ridicule a massive football player? Is, is he not a human as is well? He's a human, yeah. Yeah? So, you know, we have to be super, super careful. And someone being paid a lot of money doesn't mean they are allowed to be bullied, especially not people who go into the game. You know, Ney, Ney comes from, you know really zero money yeah. Um, yeah. and loves the football and wants to do football. Um, so, you know, when, especially an athlete, like it's different. He's not gone on to a reality show. He's not, you know, not that they're fair game, but, you know, no. he's not looking for fame. He's looking to play the game he loves. End of. Um, it doesn't, you know, nothing makes anyone an easier target. Nothing changes them from being human. And trust me, nothing stops them it from hurting them. I agree. I, and that's the same, I think, for, for all footballers, I I know of a certain footballer who searches his, who is not liked by his club's fans and searches his name on Twitter. Yeah. And he knows it. I, I know of elite athletes feeling suicidal. And we're talking about people who have everything that people dream they, of having and everything that you think, oh, that's the best life. That's the wonderful. And, you know, top, top footballers are suffering with it because they're just reading shit every yeah. day and they're human. Right? Do you human. think yeah. it's advisable for... Do you think clubs should be advising... Or a protecting players from that, and perhaps he possibly making players not go on social media at all. I mean, it's pretty, I think it's difficult because they have brands, and they there need you to go. Do you that. shut down their business if they do yeah. that. Yeah. And, I mean, and from so a club's hard. point of view, you could argue that that's them controlling their asset in the mm, way that mm. um, stops them from making their own money. So they're more dependent on the yeah. club, club. So I don't think it would be the club's advice. I think it's. Again, or at least support res- from the club absolute, with regards to mental health. Absolute and- support. I think it's really important. The club, essentially, on their own, on their own um, pages. So when they drop a YouTube clip, delete the bad comments. You mm. know, some. You know, I still argue with that a little bit. I'm, I'm in between. Some of the comments that I get are so bad that I think I want to leave it up there and let other people see the sort of yeah, shit I get. Yeah. But equally, if you leave something up, it encourages others to go, yeah. oh, that's okay. He said that, so I can so say I can this. Say something even yeah, worse, so then yeah. you get a bit of a tra- track. People are sheep. That's something else I noticed. You delete the bad comments, there's not that many bad ones. Mm. You know, but some now it is shifting in the sense that I notice people defend each other. So if I leave a really bad one, and I'm, I'm when I say really bad, I mean like a rape threat. Uh, if I leave that up, people will start arguing with that person. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes I go through and I look at their page and I'm empathetic. I'm like, fuck, kid's like 17. Yeah. I don't want him getting a load of hate from other people. Despite him being a complete little shit, mm. 
I'm going to defend him and protect him because what the error he's made is going to hurt him more. Because, you know, you're punching someone with 130,000 followers on Instagram, you're going to get more shit back mm. to your, you know, then it, there's a little army there, you know? Yeah. I used to be really annoyed Lady Gaga would retweet her um, hate that she mm -hmm. received. Negative stuff, yeah. Now, in one sense, I absolutely agree. It's awareness. I, I, I you know, it's her choice. Right, calling people out, I suppose. Yeah, something. but equally, you're a big powerhouse giant. And that person isn't hasn't got that behind them so you know but is that fair to do that and then they get hate from hundreds and thousands of people that yeah. they've had zero experience in preparing for yeah but then equally don't punch a don't, giant exactly yeah, don't yeah. go punching a giant exactly. so i'm in two minds about it it depends on the day and the comment but you've got to take responsibility for yourself if you go and punch a giant expect that hate back and be careful with what you I do i think some of them actually want not they don't want to be obviously like sways of hate but i think a lot of them trolls do it to get noticed by other trolls and it's almost like scoring a little bit katie hopkins pierce morgan yeah you know swathes of hate exactly. is their career yeah and that goes back to that engagement thing you're saying earlier that creates engagement not necessarily good content just content yeah yeah there's a fine and it can't, unfortunately, though, it kind you of don't works. need to be a dick about it do you know what i mean mm. yeah there's a fine line um Yes, it's it's a deep, complex one. Yeah, yeah. But going back to football, do you think lot. it's we talked about it? We touched on it a bit off air about you know there's so much put into performance with regards to performance teams and yeah. you know nutritionists and um, people analysing. They have the analy analyst, analyst, analysis chest um, heart rate and stuff, so, well, yeah. on fitness and all that stuff. But very little seems to be, and I might be wrong because I don't know what the insides of football clubs are like, very little monitoring mental health mm. as much as physical health to footballers. Agreed. Um, every, every Premier League club I've been to has a sports psychologist of some kind. A lot of them will also offer a therapist if you need one. But, you know, it takes something for a man, um, yeah. you know, the stereotypical athlete male uh, to step forward and say, I need something. Also, there's paranoia, I know, from footballers asking, saying to me, I don't want to ask because then they know I've been. Or some of them will have, and some clubs have a um, psychologist or therapist there to talk to. And you don't know who's been, but you do know how many times that person's been used because they have to pay them. Um, and I know a player who said to me, I'm worried about going because if they spot and it's like, oh, he's been four times this week. Do I want to put him on, on the starting yeah. lineup? Do I is he yeah. is he all right? So they yeah. don't necessarily want people to know or have that. Um, which is why I got involved with the commandos in the first place. Um, so it's Ben Williams and Tomo are the former Royal Marines who uh, have launched a book called Commando Mindset, and I'm mm. doing the, the podcast with the same name. The main reason I got in touch with them in the first place was because I noticed in all the sports that I cross a distinct lack of an anonymous, relatable way of dealing with things. And I had a fighter sit and talk to me, say, and he said to me, I don't want to sit in front of a 36-year-old female with a pad who's got a fucking postgraduate doctorate because she doesn't have a clue what it's like to stand in an octagon, hear that clinked locked door, and know that person in front of me wants to knock me the fuck out. Yeah. Right? He said that to me. I don't want to sit in front of, you know, someone with five degrees. That's not what I need. I need someone who has experience. I need someone who understands. And I stood at a fight once and I watched a guy who I know quite well get knocked out really badly. And when that knockout happened, I thought to myself, oh, he's the kind of guy who could go off the rails. Sure. Like, there are some guys who you're, I don't know, you, you never know, you never know. But I just had that sinking feeling of, oh crap, after a knockout like that, who's going to carry this guy? Who's going to hold his hand? Who's going to phone him in a week and ask him if he's okay? And, um, you know, the promotions have that to an extent. 
but it's not enough. Every fighter and every footballer, all these athletes, they train so hard. They have the best gyms. UFC have the uh, PI Institute in Vegas and all these um, clubs in the UK have the most amazing physical um, uh, physical training sets and you know for massages and x-rays and floating machines they've got all that but for the mind yeah it's like 10 percent. and when you think about it how many fighters sit there and say how many boxers sit there and say oh it's one or lost in, in here yeah. it's one or lost in yeah, your yeah. head it's all 90 yeah. percent. so what do you, where's the you know the percentages and the ratios just aren't even yeah and um, and so i started talking to the commandos because i felt like we could really introduce them into this i felt like Sit, uh, for a fighter, a boxer, or an athlete to sit in front of a guy who's was in a life or death situation, mm. they will feel more yeah. like okay, he gets it. Yeah. So when is that podcast out? March, March, April, May. May. Amazing, cool. Sorry, okay. it's cool. I'm My definitely going to get it. Months. <laughs> May. What's it called this year? Tell me what's called. Commando mindset with Layla. Amazing. Definitely I'm, I'm worth looking out for. Yeah. Yeah, and it's gonna be really good. And the book's out. It comes out with the launch of his book as well. Perfect. Yes. Sounds amazing. I'll send you all the link. Oh yeah, please definitely. do. Um, so we normally end the podcast by getting people no, to give their ending? advice. Yeah. I'm having a really good time. I know. It's flown by. We've only been talking for about three hours now. <laughs> no, has it? How long have we talked? <laughs> about an hour and a half. Okay. Um, we ask our guests for their advice on black moments to the listeners, but I'm guessing yours would just be CBD or. So prevent the blank moments yeah. um, in whatever way suits you. Don't go like so CBD that you're lazy <laughs> as hell. But, you know, prevent the blank moments by preparing properly. You know, taking CBD, sleeping well, all those little things that affect you and everyone's different. But that's what works for me. Um, so prevent. And then when it happens, you know, name that elephant in the room. Yeah. You can sit there on TV and go, man, I've gone completely blank. It's never happened. But I would happily say, oh, I've got completely blank. Dan, help me out. You know, because we're real and it's okay. And I think as soon as you realize the blank moments aren't actually that bad. I've said Molly McCann on her. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not that bad. Maddie McCann. Oh, yeah. You actually got it right. <laughs> <laughs> That's you brilliant. actually just got it right. That you is it. brilliant. I kicked myself about it so much I never get it wrong again. <laughs> That's amazing. But, you know, I... It, it can't, it can't, it's never as bad as you think. Yeah. So as soon as you accept, a mistake is going to happen, right? It's going to happen in your career, in your goals, in your aims, whatever you have planned, especially if you're planning something big, the higher the risk, the more likely you are to fall. It's okay. Get up and you're going to carry on. You'll be fine. Love that. Great advice. Brilliant. Thank you. Layla, Annalie, thank you so much thank for being you for on the having Blank me. podcast. Thank you. Let's finish oh, those donuts. Hey, One minute. Yeah, donuts. we haven't finished. So I got chocolate. Double right? chocolate, you're in. I'm going to um, go with the raspberry. I'll go with lime. lime. Yeah, I think I'm the only one who likes lime, Deal. so that's fair. Cool. Well, cheers. Can we toast? Yeah. Yes. To the donuts. To donuts and facing <laughs> adversity. <laughs> Oh, I told you we were going to go some places. I know. Um, we we were getting. Well, I think we were sort of wrapping up as we always do with the talking about blank moments at the end. And uh, Layla was like, "Oh, are we finishing?" Yeah, um, yeah. Because we. I mean, we'd been talking for over an hour by that. Well, an hour, it's and, like a half, an hour and a half. Yeah. And I think we could have literally 
talked for another couple of hours, really. I mean, it was such a great chat. But you could see why she's so good at broadcasting. So easy to talk to. Lots of great stories. Really nice energy. Perfect as a podcast guest. Um, and, it, you know, we covered a, a real range of subjects. So, um, yeah, it was a real journey. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And thanks, Layla, so much for coming on. And do check out her new podcast. Absolutely. Um, which she does talk about on, the, on ours. Uh, so that's it for this week's pod. It is. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being here, John. Yeah. And do make sure that you subscribe and rate us. Please it do. It does help. Yeah. Um, yeah. And help us put us up the rankings. Now, I have to say, for anyone still listening, we, we are number one <laughs> in Greece this week. And, and Nigeria. Nigeria. So, so thank you to, to we are whoever's go- listening in Greece yeah. and Nigeria. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, this podcast is getting to places that um, other podcasts aren't. There you by go. The sounds of it. Well, we really appreciate everyone yeah, that do. listens do, and rates yeah. and subscribes. And we hope you have a wonderful week. We're back next week with another guest on the Blank Pod. So until then, have a great time. Bye. <laughs>